Welcome to episode number 63 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. Today, I am excited to share an interview I did with Alice Benjamin, who is on social media and uh, in the news as uh, Nurse Alice. And you probably have seen her possibly, whether it was uh, over a conversation with the American Heart Association, or maybe it was uh, with some of the work that she does on nurse.org. But if you don't know Nurse Alice, uh, you probably should. And I, I wanted to interview her and just ask her really how she developed her career and how she she is um, using a variety of her um, strengths in order to create a, a really impressive contribution, I think, to the community and what we do as nurses, but also really to create her version of the good life. So I asked her to come on the podcast. She was, uh, it was a pleasure to speak with her and interview her. And I think she has a lot of pearls in here. And I, I hope that, um, you know, with all these interviews that we do on the podcast, it's always an opportunity, I think, for every single one of us to learn and listen about, uh, listen to and learn about what other uh, advanced practice nurses, what other nurses are out there doing and how they repackage and repurpose their nursing expertise, combine it with their strengths and go out into the world and make some magic. And Alice is an example of that. She is a CEO. She is a CNO. She is a uh, a woman with a family. She is an FNP. She is wears many, many hats. And so I think, uh, I hope that you get an opportunity not only to learn about her and uh, to see what is going on in terms of the contributions she's making on our behalf uh, as a, a nurse in the community, but, but really also um, how she's created her version of the good life. So, so without further delay, let's get to it and uh, enjoy. Hi, Alice. Welcome. Um, this is this is kind of exciting. Now, wait a minute. Before we even start, I'm going to tell you something because I was very nervous to reach out to you because I thought, oh wow, Nurse Alice is uh, she has quite a you know reputation and quite a following. And I thought for sure she will not answer back my message in her DM on Instagram. But then you did, and I'm so glad that you did. And I'm I'm grateful for your time today and for you to be here. I wonder if you would please just introduce yourself, tell us uh, who you are, and a little bit about what you do. Most people will probably know you, but for those few that don't, um, please introduce yourself. Thanks so much, Anna. And just side note, I love talking with people in my DMs. Like it's such a great way to connect with people, a wonderful way to network. So thanks so much for reaching out. Um, Well, my name's Alice Benjamin. I am a clinical nurse specialist, family nurse practitioner, and chief nursing officer at nurse.org, as well as uh, NBC4 Los Angeles medical correspondent. Um, I've been a nurse for over 25 years now. Um, Time flies when you're having fun, folks. It really does. And I have to say, I've enjoyed every minute of it. Um, I've had such a colorful career, so rich with experiences and opportunities, things that I would have never imagined when I, you know, started going to nursing school, not at all. So I think, you know, we're, we're, in the, we're definitely in the, the right profession here. And, um, you know, I've, I'm one of those nurses who started off working as a CNA as I went to college, became a licensed vocational nurse, went back to school, did the RN bridge, got my associates, then went back to, was working and all the whole time, but then got my bachelor's, went back for my master's in nursing education and became a clinical nurse specialist. And after, I would say probably 13 years of that, got the itch 
and went back for a postmaster's uh, as a family nurse practitioner. And that's a lot of school, guys, a lot of school, a lot of student loans. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've enjoyed it. And I still, I don't know why, I still have that itch for more school. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that later. I just feel like there's so much to do in nursing. And, and I'm a real big community advocate. I've worked a lot with the American Heart Association, AARP. I think nurses, anyone in the nursing profession, advanced practice nurse, um, LVN, RN, you know, we are great resources for community health agencies because they're often staffed by, you know, executives and people who aren't necessarily healthcare professionals. So I've done a lot of that. And, you know, I'm a mom and um, a working nurse and I just love what I, I do. I don't even know how I get here, but I got here, but I'm here and I'm living the good life. So let's good get into you. it, Ann. That's fantastic. Well, we're going to get into there, but here's what I want to understand um, about nurse.org. Now is nurse.org your baby or something that you designed from the ground up, or is that something that you were invited in to be CNO or tell me about that? Oh yes. Yeah, so I was invited in. Uh, nurse.org is the largest online media platform for nurses. And I mean, they have millions of um, new viewers to their website. They have we have the podcast, we have, we're on all social, when I say we, nurse.org is on all social media platforms. And they actually started off as a company that had a different focus and was actually servicing kind of hospitals. Um, nurses would be able to kind of give their ratings and reviews for hospitals and hospitals kind of saw this as value so they could kind of use that data to pivot and you know attract nurses. And then somewhere along the line, I'm not exactly sure, of um, when it happened, but then there was a pivot and shift in the ownership of it. And the owner of nurse.org was not, was not a nurse, someone who was, who, but someone who was a friend of nurses and identified that, hey, this is the largest segment of the healthcare workforce. These are the, you know, uh, the people that are making hospitals be able to even exist because of the care that we provide 24 seven. And they were really interested in catering to our population, you know, looking for, because you see a lot of stuff for physicians and things like that, but not, not really a lot for nurses. And it's kind of like a one-stop shop. You get education, you get research, you get policy, then you get some fun stuff. Then you get some, you know, pop culture, you get a little bit of politics on there, uh, a lot of things about practice. So it's meant to be a one-stop shop of information. And it is a hub that connects to a so many, is, um, connects to and uh, networks with all of the different bodies, like we've done interviews and uh, spoken with like the Joint Commission, different boards of registered nurses, um, you know, legal specialists, financial specialists, anyone who can service, help or provide information to help a nurse um, improve their career and their personal life. Nurse.org has become that kind of mecca point. And they're also starting, you know, creating uh, awards because we know that nurses often aren't recognized, right? Um, or if they're recognized at their hospitals, just at their unit, just at their hospital. But this was a way for a community of nurses to come together, support one another, acknowledge one another. We have what's called the Icon Awards, but nurse.org was already in existence. And I came along as a contributor a little bit before the pandemic, did some Instagram lives. I did, wrote a couple articles and things like that. And there would be these meetings and different nurses would get on the call with them and we'd talk about things. And me with my, at the time, CNS hat on, you know, I'm always like, what's the evidence? What's, what's the data? Who are the stakeholders? Like, let's make sure we get the story right. Because as nurses, sometimes we can, because we're in it, we can get 
caught up in our emotions sometimes looking at you know staffing issues from one point of view but i would always say with respect to that because i know what it feels like but say hey you know what let's get the story from the hospital as far as you know are have there been other things that could have complicated why staffing is this the way that it is because although we know staffing we want adequate and safe staffing to provide quality care sometimes there are other things that the bedside nurse isn't necessarily considering when we're trying to come up with solutions so i became that person to say hey let's consider this and let's consider that and kind of thinking beyond that nursing box so just doing more work with them you know, one day they came to me and they didn't have a chief nursing officer. They just invited me to the position and I was ecstatic. I was like, oh my God, me, a chief nursing officer? Because when you think of those in the hospital, you know, and everyone thinks, you know, this, oh, this is the head nurse of the hospital. And to be invited to uh, by nurse.org to assume that role, someone who kind of helps overseas, make sure we're walking, uh, you know, that dotted line can sometimes we can go left or go right too quickly. And I just kind of keep us um, keep our noses clean, if you will, um, when we're covering stories and exploring things to talk about. That's fantastic. And congratulations to you for, uh, you know, being recognized. And, and uh, it's, I think, such a great um, role, I think, to have because that nurse.org could really be a platform that's just it could be a platform that connects people on the job level, right? Like it, it could say, well, nurses just come here and they sign in and log in. And then on the back end, we have a bunch of jobs and it could be a platform for that. It could be like, it could be a very um, singularly driven platform. And it seems to have really a robust um, uh, group of resources, which I, I think is great. I was looking through all the contributors that you have. There's a variety of people on there. And I love the diversity of just the you know, the actual people and the um, experience and, and expertise. So I, I think it's great. Um, tell me um, with your clinical practice or maybe, and I don't know if you are in clinical practice, but tell me how you, um, what made you go back to do the FNP role and, and how you really make it all work right now with wearing the CNO hat you know, um, and running your own business. Cause you also have an LLC on the side. It looks like per your website. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about the different hats in addition to nurse.org and then kind of how you make it happen. That's an interesting question. So, well, we know nurses, we just, we make it happen. We're very creative. <laughs> um, and we can literally make lemonade out of, you know, the lemons that were provided, but I've always thought value in nursing education. I've always gone back to school, gone back to school. And so I've always worked and went to school. So I don't, I don't know how we make that happen, but we just make it happen on top of juggling family. So I know I'm not alone when I speak of these things, but you know, not that I'm super, we're super, I'm a superwoman, although sometimes I feel like I'm operating as such. Um, when you're passionate about something, it doesn't always feel like work. And I've learned how to prioritize, delegate, you know, all of those important skills um, to kind of make things happen. But uh, I do, uh, right now I'm working as a family nurse practitioner in an emergency room. Um, I, I actually started started that contract. And prior to that, I've, I've actually worked as an RN in the emergency room uh, during the pandemic. Um, sometimes, you know, um, the packages were very lucrative. So I, I found myself doing that. Um, I've also, and working with nurse.org, they've been great. Uh, I have very creative hours with them. 
And it's almost like a news outlet. So it's like 24 seven, not that I'm working 24 seven, but it allows me to do things on weekends, yeah. kind of during the night hours. Uh, and, you know, we create content, I'll review articles or I'll um, interview with other nurse leaders, um, kind of at my, my leisure, which I really appreciate from them. What a flexible job that is. I'm so lucky. Um, so between practice, family, nurse.org has a, a flexible schedule. Um, I also do um, nursing education. I have an LLC and I do CEU. I have, uh, I'm a CEU provider, so I can provide continuing education. I'm an ACLS, BLS, and PALS instructor as well. So I kind of dabble that. And one of the great things about being an entrepreneur is you set up your schedule. So you get to say when you want to do it, when you don't want to do it. So I find times where it works and I'll adjust my um, hospital job uh, schedule. I'll work a couple of days straight, then have some days off. And then that's when I'll dip into my entrepreneurial work. And um, I think outside of that, the other thing that I, I do a lot of is uh, as a medical contributor with NBC for Los Angeles, which I'm really grateful for too, especially as um, someone who's not a physician, because a lot of times we see physicians as those health experts and contributors. Um, and that I kind of have uh, somewhat of an idea of when I'm needed. So I'll pitch stories and they'll say, okay, yes, we'll take that story. We'll do it today or we'll do it tomorrow. So it's really something, uh, I know what I said doesn't really, there doesn't seem to be any structure, but there's there's method to my madness. And just having the flexibility of being an entrepreneur allows me to plug in the things that are most important and in the order in which I want to do them. Yeah. And it seems like you make it work, which is having an interest clinically. So you're like, oh, okay. Travel, travel roles or contract roles are going to be right where you can have a little bit more flexibility or some understand the timing of it better. And then and then to have, you know, a platform like nurse.org and then have also the business. I mean, it's, it's a great way. I mean, if you want flexibility, like that's a great way to do it, which is to say, well, I've got these many hours. These are the skills that I have. And let me find a combination yeah. of things that helps me to do work that I love and make money that I like, and, you know, be the person that I want to be. Um, and it sounds like that's your, that, that seems like your mm-hmm. recipe, so to speak. Yes, it is. Um, and I have to say also, um, before I used to work in the hospital, before the nurse.org, before the media stuff, I worked in the hospital and I had like one job. And so if anything were to happen to that one job, that would cut off all my sources of income. So now having these different buckets of resources and income actually provides me more security. So if something goes wrong in one area, I have these other things to fall back on. And I don't have to, although I, I, anyone can get burnt out working in a hospital. But it allows me some time to kind of peel back a little bit from the hospital as far as working so many hours because, and then do the things that I love and I'm passionate about while still translating my nursing skills over to it. So I found a, something that really works for me with, that allows me to still be clinical, um, advance my skills, stay current, and then still get to contribute and grow in other areas. Yeah. How, tell me how you got involved in doing the medical correspondent work. How did that originate? As a uh, community advocate, so I did a lot of work with American Heart Association starting. Um, my kind of why story why I went to nursing is my dad, um, at the t- several years ago, uh, we lived um, where we live. We didn't have the best or greatest hospitals ar- around us. We were in an underserved community. And long story short, he ended up dying in an emergency room from a massive heart attack that was understaffed, didn't have the resources oh, um, and things like that. And 
so I decided that I was going to be the best cardiac nurse in the world, right? Because there wasn't any community outreach. There wasn't, you know, even his provider patient communication. He, my dad often felt lost about the information. It wasn't explained to him well. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do what I can. So less people find themselves in this situation. So I started volunteering with the American Heart Association. I would go to churches and schools and their health events. And I was really creative at the blood pressure station and educating people. Mm -hmm. And one day someone from the American Heart Association, their PR team came up to me and said, Alice, the people really seem to like uh, coming to your station to talk to you where usually no one wants to get their blood pressure checked. Um, You know, you seem really engaging. You can make complex things sound very simple and for people to understand that's health literacy, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, would you mind going on the radio for us representing American Heart and talking about how to be heart healthy during the holidays? And then I did that. It went well. And, you know, um, signs and symptoms of a stroke and what you should do. And that went well. So I started doing other media pieces for American Heart on television, on different radios um, and things like that. And then as I went to these locations, I connected well with the producers and they would invite me back say, oh, can you talk about something else other than heart? And I was, sure. What do you want to talk about? And so we'd talk about the flu and, you know, how, how to make the most out of your ER visit or things like that. And in the media, those folks kind of move around as, as shows and jobs, you know, they just, they network a lot. And, you know, when someone's looking, hey, I need a health expert for so-and-so. Oh, I know Nurse Alice. Here, let me give her your number. And so it kind of became this thing. And this was early on when people started doing blogging. So I started blogging my uh, articles. And so I had a website presence. So when people would go on the internet looking for someone, a medical expert, I would come up in searches. And that's how a lot of people found me. And I'll be honest, I didn't really have a recipe. I didn't have a manager. I didn't have an agent. I didn't have formal media training, which I quickly learned like, okay, I better take some classes here to make <laughs> sure that I don't mess up. Um, it's like orienting to a unit. I wanted to orient yeah. to the media world. And yeah you know, take my health expertise, do my patient education, which I would normally do with patients anyways, and just use a different platform and be able to, uh, you know, influence more people. So I feel like it's really an extension of what I do in nursing. And then along the way, radio turned more into more television. Like it's like Megan, American Live with Megan Kelly. I did Dr. Oz, the doctor, Dr. Drew, um, so many other NBC, ABC type of here and there, here and there. And then I started, then I was able to land a more regular uh, contributor position. But let me be honest, I was not getting paid for any of this stuff, guys, not mm-hmm. at all. And then I had someone tap me on my shoulders like, Alice, you know, you're, you're a licensed healthcare professional. People pay to see a provider. Um, we, I know you're passionate and care about the community, but it's time that you start to get compensated for your contributorship. And so NBC, I'll be honest, NBC is my first paid contributor uh, work as a health contributor. Because I know a lot of people reach out to me like, how can I do that? I want to be a paid contributor. Honey, that didn't come right away. That came after a lot of free hours. Like a lot, it was like nursing, like your nursing hours in nursing school, all the free work, labor that you give, you get better, you get better, then you land that first job. Yeah. Good for you. That's amazing. I got chills when you were talking about your, the story about your dad and I, you know, you're, uh, I'm so sorry for the loss of your dad and uh, that that's the, the scenario that prompts uh, many of us to start thinking about what can we do and, and how can we change it? And we take that onus on ourselves. And so um, thank you for sharing that. Um, 
So tell me about, so you've had your hand in the pot on a lot of things. You have used many of your skills. You've developed a lot of skills and, um, what to you feels like it's number one, kind of the priority or the, the area where you love to be. And you've talked about education a little, and I wonder if it's that, if it's that, but, and then I think too, where do you want to go from here? Like what's down the, you know, what's coming kind of in the next five to 10 years and for you in terms of the career that you're building? Okay. Well, um, I do love education and I think that's early on one of the reasons why I went back to school, become a CNS and, and, and my master's was nursing education slash CNS. Um, I love education and I have to be honest, my initial nursing uh, ex- education experience as a student was not good. So I learned all the things like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be that type of instructor. I don't want to be that type of preceptor. So, because I learned and I was in situations where you can literally make or break someone's spirit in nursing. You literally can. Those, you know, early experiences can form our whole perception and trajectory of our nursing career. So I wanted to make a difference um, in that sense. So, uh, and I also believe representation is very important too. So I also wanted to model that, you know, different people of different walks of lives of different cultures of different religious backgrounds we need you in nursing because we really want to diversify the field so we can you know better understand and provide better service to our patients you know help teach our colleagues and so um, education has always been something that's important to me which is why I've done um, not only the the media work but I've also become a CEU provider and even on nurse.org Quarterly, we provide free CEUs on, on the website as well on various topics. Um, but if you ask me what's next for me, um, interesting enough, I told you the story that my dad died of a massive heart attack and a heart attack led sudden cardiac arrest in the ER. I never wanted to work in the ER. That yeah. was one. Pl- I always worked ICU. I worked tele. I'd float to med surge. I'd work everyone else, everywhere else, but I never wanted to work the emergency room. But then one day, I just... Um, I actually had a, a friend's family member go through something very similar to what my uh, dad, you know, what, what happened with my dad. And she, uh, she said to me, she said, you know, Alice, I wish there were more people like you on the front front lines to see people in the emergency room to kind of help that. Because if you would have been there, someone like you were there, uh, which I actually ended up going to the emergency room to kind of help guide, you know, kind of stepped on my toes, used my APN card. Yep. Okay. We, yep. Hey, right. Got to do everything here. Right. Yep. And, and so it just made me think like, you know, what? one of the places that I was really avoiding, this probably is the, one of the places where I'd be the most effective. So I landed back in the emergency room and interestingly enough, the time that I made that transition, and I could talk about this now because the, the show has been shelved at least, um, producers at, um, TLC reached out to me about a show called ER Live. And it was a panel show, kind of along the lines of Dr. Pimple Popper, My Feet Are Killing Me, and they wanted to do a, 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 a ensemble cast, and it was live in the ER. They would, they were going to, like, they had cameras kind of set up in different ERs, record scenarios, you know, with patient's permission and the hospital's permission. And we would then be do commentary like sportscasters on the scenario, like as it's oh. playing on one side of the screen, we're talking about what's happening. Oh my gosh, Alice, there's, there's, Alice, it's a gush of blood. What's that blood pressure saying? Like, and we would die, you know, analyze it for people, but yeah. that happened right before COVID. And so COVID really put a damper on it. 
And because of the way contracts and things were set up, it got shelved, it got shelved, it got shelved. And they just said, we're going to retire this for now. Didn't look like it's going anywhere. So it that was confirmation to me that I really needed to be in the emergency room as well. And it also rem- solidified my media presence that if someone from the major network can find me and invite me to be on a major show like this, even though I didn't get a chance to take off, that I'm doing the right thing. And so there have been other taps on the shoulders for other daytime television shows. Um, I can't talk about them yet, but they're, so I foresee myself still always practicing, even if I cut back down to something per diem, but growing my presence on television, that's really something that I look forward to doing because we also don't see a lot of uh, nurses or APNs on television as health experts. There's um, the Woodhall study that was done uh, in the 1990s, I believe. They did a Woodhall Revisited um, in 2022, 2020, sorry, in 2020. And it still showed, the first study showed less than 2% of media presence are of nurses. Right. And if there are, if there is nursing presence, we're talking about a strike or a nurse was, was harmed or injured or a nurse um, robbed a bank Lost her or license something. or something. Yeah. Right. right. Something right. like that, but never on the forefront of leading the conversation about research practice policy um, as the health expert. And so uh, Woodhall revisited the Woodhall two study showed even worse. It was less than 1%. So the fact that I've been able to the sustained presence on television and do this, I would like to, not only for myself, but help usher in the next group of nurses who want to do this, because I think as nurses, we're, the, we're still the most trusted, uh, most ethical profession for the Gallup polls. We're trusted. People listen to us. Um, and I think that we, by even shared numbers, should be represented more on television than physicians when it comes to contributing and helping people. We're doing education. We're, yeah. we're doing things that we would normally do anyways with our patients and their families. Yeah. That's amazing. Good for you. Okay. Now, hold on. Let's talk about real quick. And you mentioned it a little bit, but I want to, so define then what your version of the good life is. It sounds like it's some education, some entrepreneurship, flexibility in your schedule, and then cultivating a uh, presence in the media and showing up um, to represent the profession and to um, um, not only represent it, but really, I think, communicate a lot of the value that we do on a day-to-day basis, but bring it out to mainstream. And what did I miss? And what else, anything else in there that to you, like, what are we talking? Uh, is it a trip to Hawaii once a year? Is it, um, you know, is it retiring it? Like, what's what's your version of the good life? I, I believe the good life is getting to do what I want to do when I want to do it. So yeah. I know that sounds, sounds like, okay, Alice, that's a little lofty there, but cause I mean, if we do, I do have to go to work, I have bills to pay, but I'm actually getting to work with the job that I want to work, not because I need a paycheck or I need money because I really enjoy and want to work there. And if I don't want to work there, I have positioned myself in such a way, career wise, um, my resume, and then with my network that I can literally go work somewhere else. Or, you know what, my my ER NP assignment is done. It's done in three months. I'm going to take a month off of that. And I'm just going to continue to work on my business. And I'm going to go ahead and teach. Oh, you know, I'm going to go teach in Hawaii. I'm going to go do a class in Hawaii. So there's my travel. And being able to uh, navigate those waters and continue to get to choose what I want to do, because that's what makes me happy. That's what I find fulfilling. It allows me to represent the uh, profession well. 
um, and allows me some some work life balance there while still being very lucrative at the same time, because we all know what it's like to have to work to have to pay bills. And sometimes we've had to take, you know, jobs that don't necessarily pay us what we want, but we want that experience. We need to get on our resume so we can build. And so I've gone through all those hoops already. So now I really get to call the shots. And um, I know not everybody is that lucky right now, um, but I think if you follow your heart and do the things that you want to do, you really find your niche and you like dig your heels in and you grow, you know, I've, I've done so many classes. I've done so many, um, low, I'll say lower paying jobs to get something on my resume to just get that experience in. I've filled my tool belt. Now I'm going to build houses. Yeah. Yeah. So do good and do well. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and I love it too. I think you, you know, you speak to the, this will resonate with many of the listeners here because the, on our podcast and in the work that I do, our core value, very often the people who come to me is freedom. And so they are looking for freedom. They are looking for, um, you know, and that can be in a variety of different ways, whether it's personally or professionally. Uh, but it sounds like that's kind of something uh, that's important to you too. I, and I think you just, you hit on it, but I'm curious for somebody who, and you've mentioned it too, in terms of getting going with your career as a correspondent, if, you know, if you had to do it kind of all over again, is there anything you'd change? And is there any sort of advice that you would give above and beyond what you've already shared to help somebody who's starting to think, I think what, you know, Nurse Alice does is amazing. And I want to do that too. Yes. Yeah, so hindsight, um, I, I just knew okay, I'm a, I'm a health contributor. I want to talk about health and wellness. I was so oblivious to the politics, just like there's politics in nursing um, and the hierarchy and things like that. I wasn't aware of that in media. I didn't do my research as to the station, but just like how we should research, um, an employer before we hire on to them. Right. I know some people they say, Oh, I'm applying for jobs and you get somewhere you're like, I don't like this place. Do you really have to do your research? So I'll be honest. My first television hit was a live Fox national Fox television show called, um, America live with Megan Kelly. And I didn't really research the program. I didn't know it was going to be live. I didn't know um, who else was going to be doing the segment with me. So when I got there, we were a team of, I think there were maybe nine of us. And so it was it was President Obama's first State of the Union address as before the state exchanges were going to be opening around that. And so I was told, oh, we need to like, have on as a health expert to talk about you know the importance of having health insurance and things like that. I didn't, I should have asked more questions. I should have said, who's going to be on there with me? Is this live? How long is, you know, how long are we expected to be there? I just said, I was just so excited. Like, What's oh, the I'm flavor? Go. What's the flavor yes. of what they think about health insurance and right? No exactly. Right. Yeah. So I got yeah. on live television and it was just, it was a very, and mind you, when I got there, I was the only health expert. Everyone else was former um, chief of staff or senator, such and such. They were all politicians. I don't, I didn't know politics like that. And yeah. so I was surrounded by a whole, a lot of politicians, but they were there to critique and somewhat bash the Affordable Care Act. Fortunately, see, I picked the right one though. This is, this is things work, uh, think, things work in mysterious ways. Concurrently, I was an AARP volunteer and I had just did a one-year leadership program going back and forth to Washington, D.C., learning the Affordable Care Act. So I was able to pivot their political questions without 
inserting, um, looking personal or emotional, but sticking to the script of why healthcare is important, yeah. how to pivot difficult and challenging questions, how to maintain my composure, especially we're on live television. So if anyone who's yeah. wanting to do media, I would say I would always recommend if you go, even if you go to your local university, sometimes there are workshops at um, different media outlets, just, you know, reporting 101, interviewing 101, just to learn the, the politics and dynamics of how to handle a difficult and challenging interview. That would be my first tip to someone, just like, you know, before you go work on a unit, you got to see, okay, where's the med room? Where's the crash car? You know, what do I have all my accesses before you start your day? Do that. Fortunately, I did okay. I did well on it, but boy, if I hadn't, Anne, that would probably been the first and last time I was ever on <laughs> I love it. I love that. Yeah, right. You're like, well, media career was made or we were going to make it or break it in that first interview. Yeah, that yeah. happens. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now what? So, um, so, so do your, do your homework. Yes. Oh, and if I can just also add real quickly, there are resources. I've worked with American Nurses Association. They actually have um, a, I believe it's an article and a video about nurses in media. Um, I actually interviewed the um, the former um, uh, Dr. Grant, who was the former ANA president, and we talked a lot about media. And I'm not sure if that I like to say maybe I inspired some of the, the their focus on media, and especially during the pandemic where nurses went from heroes to zeros pretty quickly. I don't know what happened, but um, there was a focus on getting more nurses prepared, and so I found myself in a lot of committees getting asked a lot of questions by different organizations about you know what how should we set up our media training and I told them all my hard lessons learned and they formulated things and here in California um this is our second year in a row with the American Nurse Association California we're doing another media summit today this is our second year formally and there's actually a residency program for media nurses in media so you know, LVN, RN, APN, if you're interested in media, there's actual fellowships now for you to do things like that. So good for you. You had a part in uh, helping that come to be, I would imagine for sure. I hope so. I'd like to think I am. I hope so. Yeah. Cause I've had some really tough lessons. <laughs> I could go on and on about them. Like one time there was a show that I was doing. It was, um, um, it was, it was called a show called Dr. Scott. It was a, something that Wendy Williams kind of was one of her babies and it was a pre-recorded show, but we we're talking and I said, cut, cut. Can I do that over again? You don't do that. Oh, that's <laughs> and here I, I'm just like, okay, that's another lesson learned. Never say cut. Cause you're not the director, Alice. <laughs> I'm not, and I, it's not, I'm not the host, so I don't have that power, but I just did it. And they all looked at me like, oh my, like God. oh my God, I love it. So anyways, I learned all these things and I spilled yeah. all my beans, spilled all my guts. And hopefully those were pieces that helped formulate some of these media coaching <laughs> and training programs. Yeah, no, that's, that's, I think this will be so helpful because I know there are people, um, you know, I think there are some of us who have a desire. Not everybody wants to go and do a television segment. I uh, come on to our local Fox 8 as a regular contributor and talk a lot about more coaching stuff. Uh, and, and I love it. And I, it's like having a conversation and I, yeah. you know, and I really enjoy it. 
uh, and not everyone is interested in doing that, which is great. And I think it's a key of finding if that's something that's of interest to you, like don't, mm-hmm. you know, grow it, like give yourself an opportunity to get out there. We need more nurses who are talking about the work that we do, the value that we create on a day-to-day basis and, and, and all the contributions, which go way above and beyond, you know, the bedside that a lot of people don't know that we do. So, you know, it's another way to use our experience to really create value in the world above and beyond, you know, maybe what you, you know, do at the bedside or, you know, in a clinic uh, setting with 30 patients a day. So I love and that. just to add to that, like, even if you don't want to be on camera or the voice doing the interview, nurses can contribute to media in so many other ways, because we know that Hollywood has not always portrayed us accurately or appropriately. So I've actually had the opportunity to, and this was early on the Fox television show, the residents before the baby had, before their nurse characters became more um, consistent on the show, I actually contributed to the creation of one of the characters who was a new grad. So I did consulting work for the television show. So we can consult on television programs. Like, is this, you know, on the script as far as is what's being said accurate? We've seen the te- movies and television shows where like, that's not how the ET tube is placed. And, you know, you can right. be someone on there to help the characters. I'd actually like to invite more nurses um, who maybe you love to write, write a movie, write a script, contribute, like we can create things as well. And I think that's one thing that I would love to, again, help with people. You don't have to be in front of the camera, but even in the media world in totality, let's write the documentaries, let's write the scripts, let's write the television shows, let's become creators of the content so we can control the narrative. Um, because no one can really put on a show about nurses as good as nurses, because we, you know, we live, eat, sleep and breathe this. I love it. All right. Um, Where can, if people have not followed you or they don't know you, where can they find you and um, uh, easily? Sure. Uh, I made it simple for everyone. So I have, my website is Ask Nurse Alice and I'm on all social medias, Ask Nurse Alice. I'm primarily on Instagram and Facebook. I still tweet. TikTok, I'm trying to catch up with y'all. That moves pretty quickly, but I'm trying. Give me a second and I'll get there. But everything is Ask Nurse Alice. Um, but again, I also, as the chief nursing officer at nurse.org, I get to, um, the, you can see the information about podcasts and articles also there that I've written. Um, so, you know, they can also visit nurse.org. Um, and if you'd like to connect with me, you can connect with me, any of those platforms. Um, and I do answer my DMs and my messages and witness mm-hmm. to this. I am witness. Yes, this is true. She does answer the messages herself. Yes. Which is lovely. Um, okay. Thank you so much for just sharing your journey. And I, there's, um, there are people who are listening to this who have wanted, they are, they are, have had this like, you know, interest in maybe doing some sort of a TV segment or of writing an article piece or really being a content expert. And I just, I think you've given them some hope and you've shown what's possible when you take something that you love and that's important and that you go out and make what you will with it. So you're a fantastic example of of what's possible. So thank you very much for coming on the show today. Thanks so much for having me, Anne. Nice to meet you. Hey, if you're ready to live the good life, I want to invite you to join Nurses Living the Good Life, my group coaching program for women advanced practice nurses, where you're going to learn how to do good work in the world and do well for yourself using my proven formula, a coach approach. Best part, it's risk-free. You're either going to learn how to create your version of the good life or I'll give you your money back. Just head over to www.nurseslivingthegoodlife.com and we'll see you inside.